Hey everyone, welcome back to Sprouting Minds. This week we welcome Anya to the podcast. A little while ago I was on Instagram and this image popped up saying all New Jersey schools will now provide their students with free menstrual products. And I said, hmm, if only that was the case when I was in school. Well, so I did a little digging and it turns out that this young adult, Anya, who is now a freshman in college, is responsible for that. So of course, I had to have her on the podcast. Anya shares how she made the impossible possible. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hi, Anya. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Perfect. Yes, I can. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm back in New York for uh, a few days. So it's been interesting because I just moved to Philly. So I'm like readjusting to being in my family home. Um, how's your start of the school year? It's been a little stressful. It's been a little busy. <laughs> um, but, you know, parents weekend is hum- coming up soon. So my parents are coming to visit. So that'll be really nice. Awesome. Well, I don't want to keep you for too long because I know that you just started college and I'm sure you have a busy educational life, a busy social life, and I want to get back to that. <laughs> so I just wanted to chat with you because I, as I had told you in um, our first chat that I was on Instagram one day and then it popped up that all uh, New Jersey schools will be providing free menstrual products in school bathrooms, which is beyond exciting and necessary. And as a female myself, Boy, do I wish that was the case when I was in middle school, high school, because those are traumatic times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so we're going to jump right in. When you were a sophomore in high school, it was uh, 2021, mm-hmm. uh, you were having your period like most females do. And um, there was a an incident that we all go through, which is not yes. the the nicest incident and it's pretty traumatic and um pretty much the same thing has happened to me where you're in school and you get your period randomly and uh you bleed through your pants and everything and it is extremely embarrassing and you don't always have access to uh products that you need whether it's pads tampons anything and i believe that happened to you as well yeah it did um it was actually in eighth grade so a little bit sooner but I was fully just sitting at lunch. I got up to go back to class because, you know, lunch was over. And my friends were like, Anya, you're bleeding through your pants. Like, you need to go, you know, do something about it. And I'm in eighth grade. I didn't have anything on me. So I had to go to like four or five of my other friends. You know, eventually I was late to class. And then it was just embarrassing. I had to borrow my friend's sweatshirt. And it just wasn't a fun day because also none of the bathrooms at my school had menstrual product dispensers. And at the time I was new to the school district. So I didn't have any like upperclassmen friends who could tell me, Hey, the nurse has these products for you in a drawer. I actually didn't find that until my junior or senior year when I started actively trying to get products into the schools. Yeah. And to to be fair, when I was in middle school and high school, I didn't even consider the fact that the nurse would or should, but also as you're saying, First of all, if you bleed through your pants and you put a sweatshirt on, everyone knows what is happening. It is a pretty obvious thing. And it's happened to me, too, where I'm like, okay, I guess I'll put a sweatshirt on. And and then you're still walking around because you still have the rest of your school day. And it's really embarrassing. Really embarrassing. And I don't 
most my schools didn't even have the dispensers where you had to pay for products, which is also asinine that you're expecting, whether it's middle school or high school, that you have just change lying around right? to get products. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's unthinkable. Like the only people I can think of have changed are like my parents, you know, in the car for when we need to get gas or such. It's just, I, I wouldn't have that. I wouldn't expect kids in elementary school to have that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think that it's also extremely traumatizing, whether it's middle school or high school, no matter what age, when you get your period, if you don't have access to these things, it can be really embarrassing to even ask your friends for products if you're not comfortable with anything that's happening with your body changes. And for me, it was also, oh my gosh, okay, I have my period. Even if I do have these products, I have to carry these products to the bathroom. I can't hold it in my hand. Everyone's going to yep. know. Where can I stick it? Okay, my pockets. Well, you can tell something's there. Like, <laughs> it's just yeah. it's so embarrassing and so traumatizing. And especially because also getting your period isn't really normalized, which mm -hmm. it should be because we all as females go through it. So yep. <laughs> yeah. So you were in school, you were noticing these problems and you were missing class, which most of us do. It's embarrassing. It's traumatizing. And then in 2021, so the same year of your sophomore year in high school, yep. you came across Amp Flow. I did. So my family growing up, we were like, I'll call us an NPR family, right? On road trips, we would always listen to NPR. So whether that was things like Wait, Wait, How I Built This or The Pitch, it was just very educational. So one road trip, I can't remember where we were going, but we listened to a podcast called The Pitch. And Claire Coder, the CEO of Ant Flow, was on this podcast talking about a company that makes sustainable period products for specifically for schools and workplaces. So that way there isn't these issues, you know, so it's combating the issue of period poverty, which is when someone doesn't have the resources or access to products, whether that be because of financial reasons, because of location um, or any such other reason. And then also the idea of period shaming, which is that menstrual, you know, menstrual cycles and periods are something that shouldn't be talked about. And therefore, they shouldn't be seen in the workplace or in the school. So after listening to that podcast, I, I didn't, I don't think it sunk into like the forefront of my head that this is what I want to do, but it was always there like in the back of my mind. And I think that's how I eventually came back to it later. Yeah. And I believe I read that um, the school that you were attending had a huge socioeconomic gap. So you're talking about people that can buy all the products that they need versus people that can't and have to decide, okay, you know, the parents are deciding, can I feed my kids versus can I get my daughter the tampons and pads and whatever products that they need? And it should never be a, which one should I have to do? It should be, my child has their period. I should be able to provide them with these resources without the fact that I need to feed my kids weighing in on that, like that, that it should just be two very different things. Yeah, it was, I want to say this, my socioeconomic gap at my high school is huge, but like it was definitely there. And I sent out a survey or two while I was in high school and working on this project to the students who went through menstrual cycles. And I asked them, one of the questions was, do you have access to products at home? And I can't remember the specific percentage, but I want to say it was in like the zero to 20% range of people who said, no, I don't have these access to products at home. And, you know, a big worry at my school was that 
these machines were going to be vandalized because people would be taking too many. And my response to that is let them take it because they need it. You know, it shouldn't be something that's um, like rejected or something that should be limited to only, oh, you only need one or two per day. You know, every single cycle is different. Every single person uses a different amount, uses a different type. So let it be used because then it's just benefiting everybody in the end. And also like what a bigger problem it is that you have any percent of your student body that doesn't have access. Like that is the problem. If they need it, yeah, provide it for them because it seems like they aren't able to get it anywhere else. And that's not good because that affects your whole day and your whole life. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm 31 and I'm still, you know, I still have to make sure I get products. I still have to make sure it's the right ones. And it, it's such a hindrance on our life as females mm-hmm. that you should always have access and it should never be, where can I get it? How can I get it? Who's going to provide it? It should just be, yeah, it's in your school bathroom. You don't have to worry. You, you need it? Go right there. Exactly, and also like, yeah. there are no cameras. So if you need to take a few, you can. Like whatever is going to make you feel comfortable in the body that you're in, dealing with everything else. Exactly. In middle school, you're going through puberty and everything. So it's just like another thing on the list of, oh my God, what, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah. And then also at my high school, the nurse's office was like a, you know, it was a pretty nice place to hang out. It was just a very welcoming, safe space. But if you're like a seventh or eighth grader, you don't know know anyone. And there's a bunch of like scary seniors hanging out there. You're not going to want to go in and be like, hey, wear your pads and tampons, you know? So the bathroom also offers that security of like sense and self and just allowing everyone to feel more comfortable. Yeah. And and as we've said before, like it just normalizes the whole situation of, yeah, just as I think everyone has said, whether it's in interviews that you've had or what Aunt Flo has posted, like if having access to toilet paper is so easy and simple, so should period products because they go together. They still have to yeah. do the bathroom. If anything, it's slightly more important. <laughs> so yeah. make it accessible for all. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I know that um, you got this Girl Scout Award mm-hmm. and it was a gold award. And with that, you had an 80 hour long project to fix a problem in your community or something that you saw that needed fixing. Yes. And so this is what you did. Tell me <laughs> about that. Yeah. So around like the same time everything started my sophomore year, I started my Girl Scout Gold Award. And now I've been doing Girl Scouts since first grade. I knew I was in it for the long run. You know, my troop, we started out with 20 girls. We ended up with four. And, you know, we did it all the way to the end. I'm not going to lie. I did it for college, you know. A Gold Award looks good. But in the end, so much more good stuff came out of it. And so I was talking with my Girl Scout advisor, who's like a very close family friend, who has helped me so much through this. And I knew I wanted to do something about menstrual equity. I just didn't know how I wanted to do it. So then I got thinking, let me just get the products in my schools. That's all I wanted to be starting out. You know, I just wanted to get the menstrual product dispensers in my six female bathrooms at my junior, senior high school, you know, because of, you know, menstrual equity, because period poverty, because period shaming. And it took a really long time to do so. Um, My school went through, I want to say it was like two or three different superintendents. And I remember those very first meetings. I was in a meeting with a room full of all men, which is kind of terrifying. You know, I'm a sophomore. I'm just coming out of COVID. So I haven't really seen any of these people before face to face. It's a new principal. 
but they were all so excited about this project. I remember coming in to the meeting with the principal and the superintendent. I had like a six page plan that changed, of course, as things do. But he was like, yeah, this is awesome. If you can do it, let's do it. So he was such a help getting me through the whole thing. So it took a while. Um, I, I met with like my board of education numerous times and did a presentation about like why this is an issue. Because for a lot of people, especially like the older generation, where this was very stigmatized and not talked about, you don't think about it. Um, and for high school students, a lot of people don't want to talk about it just because why? It's weird. It's gross. You know what I mean? So yeah, it took a while, you know, some communication issues, some COVID related, you know, just time not going slowly, paperwork getting misfiled. But at the end, we got the dispensers in my high school. Um, my senior year, they were there the full year, which was fantastic. And my school was worried about like the vandalism of it, like physically and taking more than we needed. But we saw no vandalism um, or like no major vandalism, which was awesome. And it kind of felt good to like prove everyone wrong that, hey, this can happen. These, th- these things can be treated with respect. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then it just it kind of expanded from there a little bit, <laughs> I would say. Um, just a smidge. It's not like all of New Jersey is putting it in the schools, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, But I was also talking to other schools in my district at the time, trying to get them to also focus on this issue because it was suggested to me. And I thought, you know what? Why not? Let's just go for it. Um, Around the same time, I was also connecting with Aunt Flo, um, just like reaching out to them, going back and forth because they helped me with my initial gold award when I needed, you know, statistics and numbers. And for your gold award, you also need an advisor in that specific field. So I reached out to them and I had, you know, a contact with Aunt Flo for a while, which was just fantastic and really helped me open the door to all these other opportunities. Um, you know, I, I did a blog post with Aunt Flo, actually, just talking about like this whole topic and then advocating other students to also just like, you know, use your voice, even if you think it's not going to go anywhere, even if you think your all male administration won't listen to you, just go for it. You know, nothing bad can come out of it because other people will see that you are supporting this issue and they will support you. You know, it's the idea of girls supporting girls just to the extreme. Yeah. And I'm wondering when it came time to talk to this board of men who are also significantly older than you, you're talking about a female related product uh, topic that they probably have no idea about. Yeah. How did you get yourself into that mindset to like handle that situation? forced myself to do it, to be honest. I knew that I knew what my end goal was. I knew what I wanted to do that I had to get there. And my mentality was they're going to help me because I saw no reason that they shouldn't. And I wanted to, you know, work with them. And if there were problems that would have arisen for the initial conversation, my mindset was we are going to do this. I am not leaving the school without doing this. And I just lucked out that, you know, my principal and the superintendent were super on board with it. And they helped me work through so many of the issues in troubleshooting. My principal at the end, he was like, you were an amazing person to work with because we could do this troubleshooting together. And I was just really lucky in that sense. Yeah, definitely. And it takes so much patience and confidence and self-reflection from start to finish to deal with all this, because as you said, it was a long time that it, came, that it took. 
And I'm sure there were so many bumps in the roads and plenty of times where you were just like, I don't know that this is going to work. I don't, maybe I don't know that I'm capable of even following this through. Yeah. How did, how did it affect your mental health and how were you able to get back on track? Yeah. Um, so there were definitely some parts where I, I wasn't say embarrassed, but I was like, this kind of hurts a little bit because one of the parts of my project was I did a presentation in my school about um, like this topic. And I had set an invite out to all of those who go through a menstrual cycle, inviting them to come to this. And in the end, it was like my four friends that showed up. So, you know, I was a little surprised, but I was also like, not surprised that no one came, but I don't know, just it was a weird, weird event. So that kind of hurt a little bit. And then one of the biggest struggles was also the vandalism, vandalism that was occurring. It just wasn't stopping. So that was really frustrating for a while. It was like, you know, tampon, wet tampons being wet and then thrown up on the ceilings, the sticky parts of pads getting taken off and stuck against the walls. And so that was like a rough period of trying to deal with that. Um, but again, I had like a really good support system. I know my parents, I would come home and I would start ranting and they would be like, okay, but how are you going to fix this? They didn't really ever let me like spiral into this project isn't going to work out. And even now, you know, trying to troubleshoot the issues, you know, from where I am at college versus the products at my high school, communicating with the nurses and the principal and the superintendent. I always, I just have a good support system. So I think that's really the only reason I was able to get through this. Yeah. And I'm, from what I'm hearing about the vandalism too, I'm, I'm curious if it's also that type of vandalism to me is like, okay, I don't know how to navigate this new situation. And so to displace that feeling of, oh, I do actually need these products, but I'm so embarrassed. Or So there's like such a big emotional piece that I feel like part of us at that age is like, well, the only thing that I can do is like make fun of the products at hand. And in terms of like your school being worried that people were going to take too many products, I feel like if you know that something is always going to be accessible, you don't have to take more than is necessary because it's always going to be there. So exactly. I, I'm curious if the if that type of vandalism was some kind of displacement of the emotions that we were all going through and not sure how to navigate it. Yeah, definitely. I think a part of it also was people thinking, oh, I don't need this. So therefore other people don't need it. So I can just use it expendably. Um, so I think that was a really big part of it. And then also with you know, any new device, people want to kind of test it, see how far it'll go, see if it really is expendable. And the first half of the year, I personally was refilling the dispensers like every two weeks. I would go around the school, you know, unlock them, fill them all up. I had my giant box of pads and tampons I would carry around, got some weird looks from people. But once they saw that this wasn't going away, and once they saw that no matter how much they vandalized, the products would still be there, it did slow down a little bit. But I think it was definitely coming from a mental state of like, this is a little bit embarrassing, but also if I don't need it, then I can use it. And I'm not really thinking about other people in that sense. Right. And I'm curious now you're in college and it sounds like you're still part of the projects being done at home. Mm -hmm. How have you noticed in college? Is there um, is the accessibility to period products the same that you experienced before working with the Inflow in your schools? How how is your college experience going with all that? Um, so to be honest, my college doesn't really have any. Um, 
I know in my dorm bathrooms, at least, there's no dispensers whatsoever. And then a lot of the bathrooms around campus in the main buildings, you know, like the academic buildings or the library, the dispensers will be there, but they're coin operated and they're empty. So that's just the biggest issue that I see. I know I'll see posts from, you know, students, just, you know, anonymous posts saying that like, oh, these two buildings normally almost always have them full. And that's not really accessible. You know, I'm at a public university with a lot of money being spent on athletics and a lot of money being spent on new renovations. So the fact that there's not, you know, free menstrual product dispensers in, I won't even say all the bathrooms, but the big major ones that are consistently being refilled is a little bit of an issue. Yeah, I I think a big issue, especially because also, you know, college students too, they don't have a lot of money and you're spending food, maybe uh, you're spending money on food or books or things that you need in general that you also probably are not carrying coins around that God forbid you need something, you can't get to it. Because I I asked because um, I went to two different colleges and both of them either had those type of coin dispenser things where they were empty or nothing. Mm -hmm. So you're you're out of luck either which way. Yeah. So dare I ask, are you working on anything in your school? (laughs) (laughs) That's a dangerous question. I think my answer that to be, oh, my answer to that would be, I would like to do something about it. But, you know, two days ago was my like one month anniversary of being here. I'm still trying, you know, sort myself out. And in my head, I'm still trying to work out who I would go to, where that chain of command would follow, because it's a lot different that at my high school, you know, at my high school, I quite literally scheduled a meeting with my superintendent and principal. I skipped all of the other steps. Um, but here you can't, at a college, you can't really do that. You know, there is a hierarchy. So it's like a tentative, I want to do something about it. But as of right now, it's not like my main priority. You know, yeah. it's in the back of my head. We'll get there at some point. Yeah, I love that answer. I love that. No pressure. It is, you know, it's also, I feel like at least in college, it's a bit more that females have matured in college and, you know, they've been dealing with it a lot longer than middle school and high schoolers that Mm -hmm. it's probably on one hand easier to have a larger group of women that are working with you as opposed to what you were doing back home. So if it ever comes to be, it'll be a different experience. But as you're saying, it 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 could potentially happen. And my one of my final questions for you is what what are you majoring? And if you know, because as a freshman, I had a major that was not what I graduated with. So no pressure if you aren't sure. No, yeah. Currently, I am a applied mathematics major focusing in computer science. So not related at all to any of this, but so far it's working out. It's fun. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. So we'll see what happens with it. Great. Anya, thank you so much for all the work that you have done as a female. I cannot tell you how important it is. And the trickle effect that it's going to have on other states, because if New Jersey is doing it, people are going to start realizing how important this is and how yeah. necessary it is. So keep doing what you're doing because it is amazing. And I'm sure whatever yeah. you do outside of that is <laughs> going to be amazing. And Thank I don't you. know if you have anything else to share with anyone. Um, I mean, I would just say, even if you think that it isn't going to go anywhere, advocate, at least try to, you know? have the conversation, you know, speak to someone about it, even if it's just your friends, even if it's just reposting a social media thing, the more that it's talked about, the more that things will get done about it. You know, once one state 
started implementing free period products, more states started doing it because they didn't want to look like the one that was falling behind. So, you know, you can do something about your issues. You can, you can change, you can change the world a little bit, no matter what. A a big bit, a big bit. It might seem a little bit, but it's bigger than you think. And I, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy school year because it's already started and I'm sure you've got a lot yeah. going on. But Anya, thank you again for joining me. This was amazing. I will keep in touch with you and hope you have an amazing rest of your school year. Thank you. I hope you have an amazing, you know, rest, rest of the week, rest of the month. I hope it's not stressful. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again. Have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. No problem. Bye. Bye.